Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Purpose Made Podcast. We're here to inspire positive change in our post-pandemic global society, talking to business leaders around the globe, discussing the highs, lows, and challenges they've experienced. Our hosts, Neil Bestford and Peter Bell, created Purpose Made in 2021 during the height of the pandemic, combining their passion for people, culture, and transformational change. They sit down with business leaders and ask, what does the future look like? Don't forget to click subscribe to hear all the latest news and views on our changed global society. Hi, and welcome back to the Purpose Made podcast. In this episode, I chat to the amazing Sarah Pittendry. Sarah is a proud mum, a multi-award winning entrepreneur, financer and mentor. She's also the winner of the prestigious Daily Mail and NetWest Every Woman Female Entrepreneur of the Year Award in 2015. Yet like every great success story, we find a journey built on courage. And in 2008, Sarah was bankrupt, a single mum on income support plagued by anxiety and panic attacks, with a bank threatening to repossess her home. From these inauspicious beginnings, she transformed her life, founded the hugely successful business Simply Bows and Chair Covers, secured a home, became financially free, and in a final touch worthy of Hollywood, remarried her husband and did so whilst twice battling cancer and also helping to nurse her dying mother-in-law. To call Sarah extraordinary is an understatement, and we do hope that her journey is one which will inspire you and provide you hope and also provide you solace that by working hard and believing in yourself, anything is possible. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. And we do hope you enjoy. How did it all begin? And how did you kind of end up where you are today? That's it's quite broad reaching, but I think it's it hopefully will continue on and find some interesting stuff along the way. Yeah. Okay. So if we go back to school days at the very beginning, I was not academic at all. I probably could have been if I'd applied myself, but I didn't enjoy school. I always was, I would have said, entrepreneurial. I always had this desire to, I was always intrigued by people who had their own businesses and I was always in, like wanting to try and make money. So I used to have ponies that I would would like sort of buy cheap and then, you know, school them and, and find them lovely homes and make a little bit of money on the side and you know, always worked literally from being 15, never had any pocket money. My parents were very much like, you know, you work for what you've got and appreciate your money and so forth. So I've always had like a really good work ethic, but I would never say I was an academic. So I didn't leave school with very good O levels, but my uh, parents were keen for me to stay on. So I ended up doing um, a BTEC in business studies. And then I went on and I ended up at Durham University Business School, believe it or not. And I did a postgrad in business management, a number of jobs and so forth. And I was just never really happy working for other people. Never really happy at all. I always wanted my own my own business. And uh, the opportunity came to be a partner in a, a corporate event and leisure business, which was wonderful. And it was it was super for a number of years. And then opportunity came along to be a preferred supplier for a big group and sometimes if something's possibly looks too good maybe it is too good but sometimes you don't really realize that at the time and uh, we put all our eggs in one basket 
and and took on a, a contract to be a preferred supplier to this big business. And unfortunately, um, we'd, in, we'd invested heavily into it for, for the growth of the business. We'd had to set up offices around the UK to facilitate the contract. And the, the contract never came to full fruition. And things changed within within the organisation that we were contracted to. They, they sold the business and the contract just became very diluted. And before long, we were losing we were losing a lot of money and we reinvested back into to the business with our own money. And then 2008 came and the recession on top of that just meant that we, we just couldn't, we couldn't make our business pay. And unfortunately we lost our business and because, you know, the, the way it had gone, I ended up bankrupt. Um, I was a single mum at the time. My little boy then was nine. I, my husband and I were divorced. And um, trying to save the business, I'd borrowed money very naively. It's when you look back now and you, you think of what you did, but you, you're wanting to really save your business, you'll kind of do anything. Um, I'd borrowed money against my home to, to put into the business. And that then for meant that because of the bankruptcy, I was in threat of, well, I was going to have my home repossessed. It was all a nightmare, basically. Um, an absolute nightmare. And when you say it like that and you say it quickly, you can't really understand the the pain, the anxiety, the stress, the absolute desperation that you, you're feeling. And you're feeling it for a, a long time because, you, you know, it's, it's going on and on and on. And, and eventually, you know, you have to pull the, the, the plug. So, so that's what happened. And I ended up obviously at home, um, jobless. I was on income support. Didn't know what the hell I was going to do. I was mentally a mush. You know, I just felt horrific. I was having dreadful panic attacks. I've had terrible anxiety. I felt nearly, I was nearly agoraphobic because I was so ashamed that I'd allowed myself to be in that position and like to be so naive or stupid or I don't know what I was thinking, but I just know that I felt absolutely dreadful. And anyway, time went on and, you know, there's only so much wound licking you have, you can do. And then the letters were starting to come through from the bank to say, you know, we're going to repossess your home. If you don't pay your mortgage, we're going to repossess your home. And that went on and I, and I just couldn't think of a way of how on earth I was going to save save my home. At that time, you know, I don't know, I was just so lost. You know, I was just absolutely so lost. And when you're in the middle of something and you don't take a step back, when you're really in something and you haven't got space and you can't breathe and you can't see a way out, you know, it just goes round and round and round your head. So as crazy as this is going to sound, I rescued a lurcher puppy. And this little dog... And I started walking and the walking started to help me clear my head. It was giving me some space, you know, the stepping out of the house, the, the having to go out, the having to be responsible for this other little person rather than, you know, obviously when my son was at school, I was just on my own. But then this little dog was here and I had to take him for a walk and do. And when I was walking him, I was just starting to look back on some of the things and some of the events that we'd done and you know, we'd done some phenomenal stuff. But one of the suppliers that we used to bring in was to do the chair covers and the, the table linen for the big corporate events that we did all around the country. And I always remember we were so underwhelmed at the service. And I can remember one event in particularly where the, the supplier dropped off these chair covers and they didn't fit the chairs. And when we got in touch with the supplier, it was like, it was a bit like, well, that's just tough, tough, you know, that attitude. And I was like, whoa. And, you know, we got left with the, the burden of telling the client that this isn't going to happen as, you, as you'd hoped. And, and it was horrific. So I kind of then was thinking along these lines of chair covers and table linen. And then my brother, funny enough, had just got married a few months prior and had the same situation where this chair cover supplier had sent the wrong colour sashes and they didn't really care. They were trying to put the blame on the client. And I thought to myself, I thought, do you know what? 
I think there's a real gap in the market to deliver specialist event linen where you as a supplier are completely accountable. You fit the product. So it's down to you. You make the chair covers to measure the venue. You do a really high-end service. It'll cost a little bit more, but, you know, they're going to get a really quality service that they can be proud of. When they look back on their event photographs or the photographs of their wedding, it'll be memorable. It'll be proud. And so this little seed, I started to work up into a business plan. And I didn't have any money, obviously, as you know, I was on income support. I had nothing. So where I actually thought this was going to go, I had no idea. But I just thought, look, if nothing else, writing this business plan, using my brain, working it up, it's going to give me something to do. It's going to give me a purpose. And I think purpose is a very important word for people because I think that when people don't have a purpose, they don't have a reason to get up in the morning. They don't have a, a direction. That is when the mind starts playing tricks with us and that feeling of lacking of self-worth, that feeling of lacking of confidence, that feeling of the imposter syndrome becomes very hard to unravel when you go down that path. So purpose is very important. So I started to write this business plan and put some figures together and I did lots of research and I looked into how I would like it to be and I looked at what other companies were doing and how I didn't want it to be. And basically within within a couple of months, I had what I believed to be a viable business plan a business plan that that could work, but it needed some funding to get it off the ground. Obviously, at this point, as I say, I didn't have any any funding at all. And I I had a number of contacts. I knew of different grants and so forth and banks and what have you. So I went out and I started treading the the footpaths and knocking on the, the bank doors and saying, you know, I've got this brilliant business plan I believe there's the figures I think it'll it'll work there's a, a gap in the market for it nobody's doing it how I want to do it would you support it no 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 we're not lending you any money so you know bankrupt single mums probably not in their eyes a, a good bet you know so anyway I I'd, I'd kept going trying to get different grants and so forth and I was hitting a brick wall and then I remembered um, a lady who I'd known from from many years ago and it was a company called Business Link, and they were based in Hexham. So I called them up, and they kindly invited me in. And I presented this business plan and, and told them about my ideas, and I told them where I was at and why I was here and the journey and so forth. And they very kindly offered to support me with some grant funding. So they supported uh, marketing materials, they supported the um, funding of a website and, you know, enough to sort of get me a presence, a brand. And But what had to happen, which was a very difficult thing, was that they wouldn't give you the money until you could pay half. So you had to pay half up front. And it was like, so you can have the money, but you've got to have half the money, if you see what I mean. So we'll give you half. And I was like, Anyway, my parents very kindly offered to lend me because they could see that the business could work. And it was like, well, look, we can lend you the the money, you know, but you'll obviously have to pay pay, pay us back. But at least it'll get you the grant and that can, you know, hopefully get you some products made and, and so forth. So that's what I did. Business Link basically gave me a lifeline. The next thing I had to do was find a bank so I could open a bank account because I didn't have a bank account. I had nothing, no credit line at all. After a lot of searching and a lot of Googling, what do people do? How do you find a bank account? And the co-op had a bank account and it was a cash minder account. So it was somewhere where you could deposit money and you would get a debit card, Visa debit card. So you could basically, it was a, a can't have a bank business without a bank account so that was good got that so we'd had a we got the grant we got the 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 bank account and then there was a um, I had to then think about 
been a, the product made. I had my ideas and my designs and I scamped them out and knew what I wanted to deliver. And there was a, um, a local lady to me who, who I approached to, to make the chair covers for me. And uh, she was she was fab, and she 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 made some templates for me, and I sourced beautiful fabrics, and I had lovely sashes made, and I had designs and ideas that were so different to what anybody else was doing, and I took them out to market. So I didn't have social media in those days, you know, like we've got Instagram, we've got Inst- we've got LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, all of that. There was none of that for me. It was literally phone. This is what I've got. This is the idea. Trying to get in touch with contacts who at least knew me. So it was a warm introduction and um, relied on them to to see me, let me in. And they did. I showed them what I was doing. I told them the, the ethos behind the business that, you know, we'd be fully accountable for what we did, a real high end service. If your client can dream it, we'll design it, we'll make it. And I focused on the four and five star hotels in the northeast first. So I decided it was going to be very much targeted at the luxury weddings end. And we would do corporate events, you know, like themed dinners and so forth. So my first clients were the likes of Close House, Doxford Hall, Rockcliffe Hall. And then and these hotels started to come on board. And the the wonderful thing was that I had this idea that if they included me in their wedding package, there was a number of benefits to that. One, the forecasting was straightforward because if I knew how many weddings they had, how many bums on seats, I could calculate how much I was going to generate in that 12-month period. So my vision was I would be um, included as part of the wedding offering at all of these hotels. That was my strategy. And it worked. They included me because I think it was a weight off their shoulders. And, you know, a, a hotel's got enough on the plate having to, you know, navigate around the customers, getting the venue ready, all of the other, you know, brides and grooms. It's like a pressure cooker, a wedding day, you know, behind the scenes, getting everything ready. The last thing they need, you know, yeah, yeah. Is, when we got married it was it was crazy like we, i remember Soph and i the day before like it was all provided by this one provider but yeah we were there ironing like linen on the day before our wedding and you, you end up having this bitter taste so yeah it's totally understandable when you know you you're there to provide that kind of service to them and the weight off their shoulders it's it's an important service to provide yeah, I think it's um, you want your wedding day to be as seamless and stress-free as possible. Pardon the pun. <laughs> and uh, and you know, so that was that was my thinking that I want to and still do. You know, with the, with the offices we've got, we we want our clients to have a really easy day. Whether it's a venue owner, whether it's our bridegroom, corporate event, whatever it doesn't matter, we just want them to have a really nice experience. You know. So that's what happened. So we started to be included in these wedding packages. And before I knew it, the business was was growing quite quickly. It was it was starting to grow. And my mum and I were were running the business. And my mum was amazing because when I was first pitching to these hotels, my confidence was on the bottom. So and I didn't have a car. So my mum had to drive me and I was too scared to go into the meetings on my own. It, it sounds crazy maybe to, to people, but I was too scared. I just felt like, I felt like I was being judged by everybody who spoke to me. That was just my mindset. It was like, I'm a failure and, you know, I'm being judged and blah, 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 blah. So anyway, she would come with me and um, it was just like a comfort blanket having my mum there, really. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, she was presented as someone working in the business, which is truly what she did because she was my sounding board and, you know, she, her and my family really were, were very helpful. I was very lucky in that respect that I had that sounding board and some people don't have that. And, and it's really important to have people to talk to. So she, she was, first of all, worked in the pitching and the selling just by being there. And then she would become the event manager with me and we would put the chair covers on and tie the bows and do. And then the business got to a size that it became nearly too big, really. 
for, for mum and I because we picked up most of the hotels in the northeast. It was absolutely phenomenal. We were a six-figure business within, well, within 18 months of, of, of launch. And the amazing thing was, well, amazing and not amazing, <laughs> um, the property in 2008, because of the recession, you know, it was like negative equity everywhere. It was just, you know, it was just dreadful. People losing their homes and so forth. And my home was in negative equity. Basically, when my business started working, you know, and growing, the, the bank really weren't in a hurry to take my house off me. I think they had so much on the plate because of so many people who were in losing their businesses and losing their homes and so forth in 2008 that I was still seven months in and I was still in my house. Do you see what I mean? Even though I wasn't, wasn't able to pay anything. But as my business grew and money started to come in, it was really tight. But the most amazing thing happened. It was like there was an angel sat on my shoulder. My mortgage used to be really, really high. And literally overnight, my, my policy must have ran out or changed or something. And I didn't even know that that was going to happen. I had no idea. And then I got this letter through to say, oh, your mortgage rate has gone from something like 7% to half a percent or 1% over base or something, which was, it was like phenomenal. It reduced my mortgage down to a, a minimal amount from I'd been paying this crazy amount. And then at that point, my dad was like, you know, you couldn't rent a house for what your mortgage is going to be. Yeah, Could you not, do you not think you should try and save your home? You know, is there any way you can try and save your home? And I had no idea how. And, and my mum and dad were like, you know, all you can do is speak to people, pick up the phone, speak to them and see if there's any way you can save, you can save your house. And I did, that's what I did. I literally rang up the bank, told them my situation I said that I'd started this new business. It was working. I'd sent them the figures through what I was doing and my forecasts and so forth. And anyway, they agreed to allow me to get my home back. I had to you know, go through the, the bankruptcy and everything. It was really quite complicated. But the long story is that ultimately I got my home back. And, um, you know, my, my parents again lent me the money to to get squared up with my with my mortgage and 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 get back to to being able to have a home and and to know that I had my home back was just like it was such a relief because huge you know, burden off your shoulders I guess yeah and you know you're trying to start a business you're trying to keep a stable home for your little boy you've got masses of anxiety you've still got a business to close you've got a home that you're possibly going to lose that there's just a lot a hell of a lot to deal with. So getting the home back was a, was a really massive thing, you know. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. 
like what I'm getting from your journey is you've got like two parts to it. What people don't understand that haven't started businesses themselves is there's an awful lot of self-critical perpetual thought processes going through your head that you're not good enough and you're not worthy. And, you know, like there's that self-doubt, which is just, it can crucify you. And when you're kind of in your home all the time, and that's maybe where you're working from, that continuation is um, yeah. is really difficult to deal with. So, you know, when you talk about like your you you got the the dog and he was kind of taking you for walks and such, that that's really important to kind of get out of those cycles to um, try something new. But then another thing that I'm gaining from what you've discussed is is also, you know, you've gone from having this this big old business to begin with, and you've had suppliers that have kind of let you down that have ultimately led you towards bankruptcy. So when you are growing this new flourishing business, I'm guessing you probably had the same doubts as to scale again due to the initial difficulties and fears and anxieties that that first business led to. So what how did you feel when when the opportunity mm. changed your scale? Yeah, well, it was it was customers. Uh, it was a customer. It was a contract, really, that just didn't work out the way it was planned to, you know. And I think what it made me realise was that contracts aren't watertight and relationships with people are really important. Do you know what I mean? Relationships are really important in business. And so moving forward, my business was scaling. It was, gro- it was growing, you know, and it, and it was. And then what was happening was, I built this business in the Northeast and the brides or the clients, corporate clients, whatever, were coming to the Northeast, seeing what I was doing. And then they were wanting it in the South and they were wanting it, you know, blah, blah, blah. and I didn't have offices. And I vowed that I would never do that. I would never have that fixed overhead in the business. And the model that I designed doesn't have any fixed overhead in the business. You know, that we, we work from, from, from venues um, you know, we've got a little base at home. We've got our stuff here. And and then the the idea is that we just don't have to have big offices and lots of staff and all that complication, you know. So when people were saying to me, you know, oh, have, have you got any jobs going in the South? Have you got any of this? Will you do that? And I was like, no, no, no. I'm just going to keep it nice and small. So I was thinking small and that was a lack of confidence. You know, that's what you've just said. It was that bad experience of fingers burned. And then, again, chatting with my family, we kind of believed that this could be a good franchise model because it was really simple, really, really simple. And so, again, I went back to my drawing board and being me, who likes to do things my own way, I wrote my own franchise model and decided how I would like it to run. You know, what happened was I started to win some big business awards. So in 2012, I won the most promising business in the United Kingdom. I was the national winner for the British Chamber of Commerce. And that was awarded at the Guildhall in London, very much um, supported by the Northeast Chamber of Commerce, which was wonderful. And the back of that win had me in the Sunday Times, every national newspaper, magazine and so forth off the back of the story and the journey and, and, and the award. And so then off the PR, people then came and said, you know, we really love your business. How can we be part of it? You know, can you do a job or whatever? Can we have a job or whatever? And I said, no, but I am considering franchising it. So first thing I did was I franchised it in the Northeast because obviously I wanted to be close by. I wanted to see how that model would work. And by being on my doorstep, it meant I was close to at hand. My concerns were quality, consistency, just that would someone have the same passion and belief as I have, you know, and the same brand values that I wanted to deliver and still do exactly the same, still do want to deliver. So that's what I did. I franchised it, first of all, in the the Northeast, and it worked, and it worked really well. And then I sold some more franchises, and some didn't work so well. You know, some didn't work so well. You know, along the way, I had to lose a couple of franchisees for various reasons that weren't coming up to brand standard. But now I've got uh, 10 offices around the UK. We run from Dundee down to South Wales, across 
Worcester and Lancashire, Cheshire, Harrogate, all around, you know, the UK. And they're a phenomenal team. Phenomenal. So so I've taken a step back now. I don't actually deliver the weddings. I don't style events now. I just train and mentor my team. You know, we, I went on again and, you know, won some amazing awards. And it's great for the payon. It's great for the brand. You know, it's great for the team. I got female entrepreneur in the NatWest uh, Daily Mail Every Woman Awards. I won that in the, and I got awarded that at the Dorchester. And again, it's just an endorsement, isn't it? That, you know, if other people can see, can see what you're doing and they, they appreciate it, it's incredibly humbling to, to feel that someone else can understand your journey and they see what you're trying to achieve. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's definitely, and it comes with purpose. Like what, what you've, you've just explained with regards to your journey is, you know, often people don't have the opportunity to step back and like really think because in most day to days, like the vast majority of us are trying just to pay our bills and like keep a roof over our heads, you know, that, and it shows tremendous bravery as well, because Whilst a lot of people may have gone into their shell, like you did take the opportunity to to think and um, to take stock of what offerings and what services that you could provide. And you saw the nation there. And often that comes like vulnerability is is an important factor with respect to growth. It's, it almost goes side in, hand in hand because you need to have the ability to embrace your vulnerabilities, embrace your doubts, embrace your anxieties to use them as a as a driver for change and um I, f- I feel like listening to you that's exactly what you've done some of the awards that you've received are tremendous and it's it's down to that central purpose and belief the work that you can do could add real real value to people and i think also the difficulties when when you go through franchises and when you grow businesses it's it's not a straight line like growth isn't a straight upward line there's there's loads of peaks and and um, troughs to throughout the process and you have to be aware of that and also there's no there's no final destination nobody knows as to this is the time that I'm going to make my fortune or this is the time that I'm going to have x amount of clients like in order for people to believe in you you have to believe in yourself and so many people now i think uh, are in that period where they're changing the, the the world, the economy around us is changing. It's driven by the pandemic. Everything's coming out of that. And with respect to that, you see more businesses like ourselves that are purpose-driven and purpose-led. It's about understanding what you want to do rather than just doing something to pay bills. And I think, um, yeah, it's, it's also the importance of family, like listening to your story. Family play a huge, huge part in our lives, you know, like same as what happened with you. Like my parents have invested in me. They, they know that with respect to the businesses that we do with, you know, regards to purpose made or even the books that I've, I've had like published, like they invest in you. They, you, you basically say and tell them your belief, tell them, tell them what you think. And, and they're there to kind of like hold your hand and help you through those vulnerable times. And I think the important, this is kind of going to lead into the next part because I want to talk about your coaching and mentoring. One of the main factors that I think is quite detrimental to people at this point in time is we've become very isolated, a large majority to do with COVID when we had to go into isolation. And, you know, like I work out of my attic. So like there's a lot of people like me working in their attics or in the kitchens or wherever. And because of that isolation, it drives the negative thought pattern. So you need the ability to not just vent, but just speak your mind and talk about your difficulties and talk about your challenges and explain your vulnerabilities with people that have lived it and breathed it and been through that journey themselves, because that's the only way you can learn and that's the only way you can develop. So I think what I want to chat about next is the formidable over 40 element, because that's kind of where you are today, right? That's, that's, that's a, the key part of work that you're delivering. And yeah, I'd like to like let everybody know a little bit more about that, really. Well, Formidable Over 40 came as a result of the pandemic. Yeah. So, so what had happened was once I had got the franchise business going and everything was, you know, growing and doing, what was happening behind the scenes was my ex-husband and I 
had ended up, we'd always supported each other, but we ended up getting back together because when I was going through my pain of losing the business, he was going through his pain of losing both of his parents to cancer. And he was a farmer and he farmed with his family. And um, ultimately, both of his parents died within 18 months of each other from different different cancers. And through one reason and another, the farm wasn't performing as it was, as it should have been. And I'll skip through this very quickly, but basically the, the best thing for the farm was to develop it and to try and, and get some, you know, make some money out of out of developing it. So that's what we did. We literally stripped the buildings back with our bare hands, my dad and uh, my husband and I, and uh, appointed a builder. And we, we built eight beautiful barn conversions in Northumberland. And in the middle of all of that, and obviously building my franchise business, and obviously being a, a mum and running a home and all the other things, I got diagnosed with malignant melanoma. So I was diagnosed that within 2014. And only now, really, do I kind of think, what were you doing, you idiot? I was back at work in two days, all stitched up in my head. And I was delivering a wedding at Rock Hall. Never stopped, never took any time to consider what I'd been diagnosed with or anything. I just, I just seemed to think my attitude is right, get on with it, you know, like, just got to crack on. You just got to just get on and 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 do. Don't make a first type of thing, you know. And so I did that. And then twelve months, nearly twelve months later, I was diagnosed again in the middle of doing the houses, and you know, all my chest was stitched up and everything. And I was stripping roofs off a off a building, you know, with my with my husband and my dad. And I just didn't. I didn't, I never stopped. So anyway, got the houses built, beautiful, very proud, and. You know, and then the pandemic hit and wedding stopped. Literally, my, my whole wedding business ground to a halt. And I had 10 faces staring at me on Zoom looking for inspiration. What are we going to do? How are we going to get through this? You know, and anyway, we, we did. We got through it, you know, and, and we're here to tell the tale and doing phenomenal. The houses and so forth got built and done. and But then I had to stop. The pandemic made me stop. I couldn't go anywhere. I wasn't allowed out of the bloody house. You know, I literally had to sit still. And that terrified me. I had to stop running. I had to stop running. And the stop running, what I mean by that was, rather than confronting how I really felt, I just, I'd literally been on a, right, I've got to create a business because I've got to save my house. Okay, save my house. Right, okay. Got to create a business because I've got to live. All right, now, my husband's going to lose his farm. You know, not lose his farm, but, you know, his farm's not making enough money. He's not going to be earning enough money to make it viable. And he's just lost his mum and dad, so I need to come up with an idea. How am I going to help him? How am I going to give him a good return on investment? Da, 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 da. Okay, um, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I never stopped to think, hang on a minute, you've, you've lost a business You've worked tirelessly nearly sometimes 24 hours a day to get this business set up, being a mum, sold all my, um, my my possessions to get that business off the ground, my 18th birthday jewellery, my 21st birthday jewellery. You know, I was going up to the bloody pawn shop, cashing it in to, to buy products, you know, and get my business going. You know, it's like it's a, it was a different world. And, and I don't think, I, I think I just felt that if I stopped and was that vulnerable, like you talk about that vulnerability, I think I was too frightened of what I might find. So I just kept going. And enough was never enough. Enough Mm. was never enough. Enough was never going to be enough because I didn't feel that I was worthy. Do you know what I mean? It was so, so if I achieved something amazing, like a six figure business in 18 months and won every award, it wasn't, it didn't matter. Because it wasn't, I wasn't worthy of that. That was just, that just happened. So didn't absorb it, didn't enjoy it. And then built these houses and it was just a means to an end. Because in my mind, I'd been diagnosed with cancer twice. If anything happened, should I die? Then my family and my world were, were okay. Hmm. They'd be financially safe. 
And that's really important to me. Have you taken the time to stop? So the pandemic made me stop. The pandemic made me totally reassess everything. And I had to dig deep and I had to take that step back and say, what are you doing with your life? What is this all about? Who are you trying to impress? Yeah. What, what, what are these people that you're trying to impress even worthy? Are they even, do they even understand? They're not even in your arena. They're not even in your ballpark. They haven't even walked in your shoes. They haven't ex- understood your journey. Why does their opinion matter? God's sake, girl, get a grip. You know, and that's really get a grip. And when were you last happy? You know, the first question on my coaching program is, when did you last feel happy and what did happy feel like? Yeah. Right? So I started writing, writing, writing and writing how I felt. What did I really think? What did I feel? What was going on? Breaking it down into little segments of, well, this journey, this journey. I needed to dig out the root of this self-limiting belief. There was a root buried deep inside of me. And until that root was lifted, as painful as it may have been, enough was never going to be enough, which meant I never got to enjoy the journey. And if you aren't enjoying your journey, what the hell are you doing? What's it all about? You know, because there's never an end result. Exactly. Because every time you get to that goal, it's not enough. So you've got to go into another one. It's not enough. And this, is, this, this cycle goes on and on and on because you don't, I think, that you're worthy. So, you, so enough's never enough. So I had to work tirelessly to dig this route out. And I did. And I, um, so I created a program based on how I had basically dug out my own route, really. Because once you can conquer the self-limiting belief, you're living a true purpose. Mm-hmm. Because your purpose is for you. It's your purpose. You're not impressing anyone. You're not trying to outdo someone. You're not trying to you know, you're not competing with the Joneses or, 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 or just because you can doesn't mean you should. It's, what you're actually doing is you're actually, when you just truly believe in yourself and you genuinely love yourself, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. That's exactly it. So, so much time, so much effort is put into what you perceive others think of you and for what, there's no benefit in that. And we all look towards a pursuit of wealth, of enrichment, but true enrichment, true wealth is the pursuit of happiness. What makes you happy? That's, that's it. That's, that's the name of the game. Happiness. It's not about wealth. It's not about what people think of you. It's about being honest, being open, and being happy. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, it's like, yeah, okay, people say money doesn't buy you happiness. Well, I can promise you when you're bankrupt and you've got no money, a little bit of money does make you happy. I promise you that. That is really true because, like, you do need money to live, yeah? And the other thing, when you don't have money, it was it was ghastly how how people – looked down on on you you know like you know you, you become invisible you're absolutely you know you, you, I, I felt like I just suddenly had become invisible overnight you know like you, this person's not important they're, they're a failure they're this that and the other and that, that might have been my hang-up but it, whether it was my hang-up or not is how I felt so money doesn't make, make you happy but you can have as much money as you want and so some people who will have have very little money but they'll be really happy because they're very happy with themselves and they're very you know you hear people saying oh they're happy with their lot they're very happy they're, they're, they're happy with the family they haven't got great aspirations they're just they are getting by they're making do and they're very content content's a very important word content contentment you've got people making seven and eight figures they're as miserable as sin yeah. they don't even know what they don't even know why they're doing it really you know what I mean? And all the bullshit on social media and all and on Instagram and all this, that and the other. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? False, it's false realities. 
Like, the, great, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like, in, with regards to my happiness, I'm probably, this is probably the di- most difficult time financially we've ever been in, but I'm equally at my happiest because I have a loving wife. We have a 16 month old little son, Albie, who's just the most delightful little boy ever. We've got a loving family around us. And I've gone from a corporate world. So I've like, I've spent a long time in my career on flights, in hotel rooms, working here, there, and everywhere. And it's true. Like people look and go, oh, well, they compare each other daily on the likes of social media and go, well, like Pete's over in Australia this week and I'm doing my job in like Carlisle. Like, like, what's the difference? Why is he so happy? The reality is I wasn't, I wasn't happy. I was, I was like torn to shreds. I was working crazy hours. I remember this one time I was working in Russia and, um, we found some particularly bad things. I won't say the company I was working for, but we found some particularly bad things in this particular company I was I was looking at. And yeah, the hours that we had like a month to kind of wrap everything up and the hours and hours spending, it was like, I remember going to bed at like, say five in the morning and getting up at seven in the morning to go back and continue that for like a month. I was absolutely broken and you know, what do you get at the end? You might, you, you win the occasional like award to say thanks very much um, for, for your hard work, but it, it takes so much away from you. You know, like you talk about all the difficulties you've been through from your breakup with your husband to your, your businesses to, to cancer. And I, I just, I'm lucky enough to not have been able to go through that as yet, but I totally empathize with what you've been through but you just continued on going and a lot of people do just continue on going through this like treadmill like to the next thing to the next like pursuit of something and they need to take time and like I'm not saying take time every day like I'm not saying just pause all the time but I'm just saying like you need to take time of of the world around you of what 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 is your purpose and what is your belief as well as understanding that for your own mental health, which is a huge underlying crisis to COVID, and it's going to come and bite the population with a, a massive chunk. It's, you can see it, it's coming. So many people are struggling at this point in time, be it financially, be it family, be it yeah. with respect to their businesses or whatever. It's it's a huge issue. And um, in the coming weeks, I'll be speaking to another like they're called the men's pie club on our podcast to talk about um actually it's an episode that's going to come out on suicide prevention day on september 10th but with respect to that like men are like three times more likely to to kill themselves than women and the mental health globally it accounts to you know hundreds of thousands of people struggling day in day out and like you very rarely see beacons of, of in respect to the corporate world. And I saw it earlier today with respect to what Nike has done. So Nike has um, closed their corporate offices for a week for mental health. They've given people time off to go back and reflect. And I think this is just a beautiful thing. And I'd love to see more companies do it because like, not only is it important to speak with people like, you know, how we have this conversation, we, we chat off this podcast as well. It's like, yeah. have confidence, have people that you can chat to openly about anything, have close circles of friends, you know, rather than like the, the schoolyard friends where you kind of take the, the piss out of each other and mock yeah, each other. Yeah. You need to have people that, you know, that in times of hardship, you can, you can tell them what you think and they can help you through these challenges. Mm. Like you've relied on your parents as well. I've done the same mm. But so many yeah. people are struggling and, I, you know, I think it, it's about being honest. Yeah, as I say, like when I was working in a corporate world, I was, I had more money that, I'd, yeah, like more money that I could spend. But I was so, so unhappy. Mm. Um, I know, that's and it. it. And that's, that's sort of the, like the coaching program that I've designed. That's really what it's about. It's about allowing people to, to take time out. Yeah. Take a step back and to talk to somebody who has pretty much been through it all yeah so i've you know i've ticked a lot of the boxes that we've talked about today and built businesses six and seven bigger turnover businesses now with the property and so forth and and but not just that it's like you know i hit that burnout in in the pandemic and i hadn't realized how important it was to stop 
you know, and that, and I'd never taken the time to stop. And I see that with business owners. I see that with people in careers. I see that even with parents. Do you know what I mean? It's about remembering that you are a priority. You, you aren't owned by anybody. Nobody owns you. You are your own person still, and you have to be responsible for yourself. You have to be responsible for your happiness. You have to make it happen. And what I, what I do with my coaching program, it's a four-pillar process. So it's called my I can method. That's what it is. My method of coaching through all the different, so formidable over 40 is a particular program and it's, it's targeted at people over 40. Cause that's where I tend to find that the majority of my clients come from, you know, they're in that 40 year old age bracket where they're realizing post 40, they're realizing they've got more time behind them than in front of them and they need to make a count. And so the I is ignite and it's all about, igniting your spark you know your spark that you feels being snuffed out over the years where pressure and expectation has you know replaced passion and excitement you know and um so we find out where they are why how and where do they want to be and then we clarify exactly you know what the goal is and what do we need and who do we need to get us there? Then we create an action plan and then we create a nurture plan because the nurture is the really important thing. You've got to look after yourself and you've got to look after your business. And so many people are so absorbed in working in the business that they don't work on the business. They're so absorbed in working in the family, they don't work on the family. They're working in the goal, they don't work on the goal. And what happens is... You're so involved that it becomes so all-consuming that you can be quickly become demotivated and you can lose sight of who you are, where you want to be, and what's it all about. You know, many of us set up businesses in the beginning because we wanted to have financial freedom. We wanted to have freedom of time, more time to spend with our families, more quality of life, more choice to make decisions and so forth. And before you know it, you are working for your business rather than your business is working for you. Yeah. So, so what my program is all about, it's all about anyone who's sort of sitting there scratching their head thinking, do you know what it is? I don't know what the hell this is all about anymore. Or I really had, had these goals in mind and I feel like I'll never realize them. Or I've got this business and how am I going to exit from it? Or, I've got this business and I'm terrified of retiring or I'm terrified of selling it because what the hell will I do when I stop? You know, all of these sorts of conversations that people have or, or someone who's just feeling totally over the top, you know, business owner, I mean, hell's bells, look at the 18 months we've just had, you know, business owners are exhausted, they're drained. And what I've decided to do is, is to be the power to their elbow, you know, to, to give them that, energy to support them through motivational inspiring energetic conversation you know and I'll ask the questions that other people won't ask and I have to say I, I coach a lot of CEOs a lot of owner managers and a lot of sort of senior execs and every one of them has cried on my coaching program and I say that without a you know, or, or being incredibly emotional when it's dawned on them because they've stopped and they've taken a step there's, back. There's always like a light bulb moment, isn't it? And it's that yes. when you do chat to clients and they have the opportunity to kind of reflect, it's like it's often months, years of just absolute tension that's that's mm -hmm. driven them towards it's like a relief. I always remember in the old, olden days, my granny used to cook with a steamed pressure cooker. Sure. And it used to like let off steam when it was ready or something, something crazy. And I always, and I feel that when my clients come to me and they feel in this safe zone, knowing I'm not going to judge, I'm no, I've got no room to judge anybody. You know, there's no judgment on my coaching program. And I have, I'm not coaching from a degree, I'm coaching from scars and accolades. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think they realize that they can be vulnerable. And I think yeah. that to be able to talk to somebody who really understands, I just think it's a huge sense of relief because the other thing is the type of clients who come to me, they're incredibly strong. 
if you think about the position that they're in, it's like people would say about me, they say, oh, she's incredibly strong. And, you know, inside I'd be like thinking, oh, God, I wish they really knew how I felt, but I wouldn't dare show them because at that point in time, you know, I didn't want to look weak. And the reality is it's just better to be be true because you're only, yeah. Often as well, when you know, when you do speak to clients, is most most of the time you're speaking to kind of owners and CEOs and founders, and when when you actually chat to them, they've never really had the ability to be that honest and be that vulnerable within their organisations. Um, they don't often have those like those people to to chat to and be open to, um, and also often the way that businesses look at the likes of change is quite short term. If, in my opinion, most most of the time they look at change and as like a product or a service. So, like especially when they engage with with like us more recently in respect to purpose made, it's like oh well, how how, how much will that cost? And it's like well, to to us, it's more actually it's actually more a journey that we go through together because um, it comes change comes down to conditioning and the the kind of the the viewpoint we have on change is like. We've we've always reacted and repeated and followed routines the exact same way, and you know it's that's a challenge in itself. Breaking those perpetual loops because, like, in order to change the way they react and change the way that you operate, you have to have the ability to take a risk and like step back and understand what has been the major challenges for you that's led to these issues within your businesses. And as you said, like. When we're parents, we think about the day to day rather than reflect on the amazing thing that we're parents or, you know, your business owners and you're thinking about when your next, like, when, you, when your next bill's coming in versus, like, actually how much along the journey you've been and how proud you should be. So, yeah, and I think that's, that's a benefit that you have when you have people that you can kind of speak openly to um, that aren't there to judge, they're just there to support. Mm. And I think it's very important to remember how far you've come. Because that's something that people do forget. You know, it's like just the same imposter syndrome, whatever, whatever they want to call it. But it's astounding. My clients have achieved so much. Honestly, they are phenomenal people. And they've achieved more in their lifetime than some people could dream of. And yet they don't see it. So what I'm trying to do is ignite. You know, I'm lighting this light for them. And I'm saying, hey, look, look where you are today. Look where you are and look how far you have come. So what is it that's creating this self-limiting belief? And we've got to dig it out before we can move on. And once we've dug it out and once we've got it out the out the way, we can create all this wonderful space for new growth. Where do you want to go? What do you want to achieve? Let's do this. You know, come on, let's let's realize your goals. But it's a bit of a painful journey to get there. But if you can persevere go through it it's absolutely worth it now that's what i'm encouraging them to do because i want people to feel that they are living their purpose do you know what i mean i was gonna say because you know you're chatting about goals and objectives and that's kind of rhetoric that a lot of people are used to what's my annual performance goals or what my objectives um how do we set these objectives how do we develop um but at the end of the day everything when it's stripped back to the bare bones it's about what the purpose what is your purpose what do you believe and what do you want to do and how closely aligned is your purpose to what you're doing today i think that's a great place to to stop i've i really i've enjoyed chatting to you i always enjoy chatting to you so um yeah like i encourage encourage it if anybody's listening to this pod and they they've really enjoyed the pod um there's links to sarah's businesses within the posts that we'll be putting up on linkedin and instagram and yeah feel free to get in touch with either sarah or i and we're always happy to chat so thank you very much thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure this podcast was brought to you by purpose made a strategic change consultancy supporting people and business to navigate the post-pandemic global society this is what transformational change sounds like Don't forget to like, share and subscribe and we'll see you again for the next episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.